This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello guys and welcome to episode 56 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever Gary is with me. How are you getting on mate? Oh, you called me a good man last time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, behind the scenes, it's, uh, you know, we, we've had to do another start, uh, another start because it was a uh, couple of technical issues. But uh, yeah, how are you, my good man? We- oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I, I, I can't even go into what we were saying before, to be honest. I'm, I'm physically drained of it all, Ben. And, but I had an interesting experience last week. I actually got to listen to the podcast. Okay. Did you find I know it, that sounds uh, odd. I don't- did you find it informative and entertaining? No, actually, it was worse the second time round. To be honest, um, yeah, it was. I sound a little bit nasal. Don't like the sound of my own voice. No, and, uh, I, I found myself to be an intolerable bore. I mean, you and the rest of us, I guess. I don't know. That's, what that... are intolerable bores, or find me a bore? <laughs> Careful, Ben. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, so oh, in dear. order to make it a better experience for the listener this time, I'm not going to be clicking my mouse in the background secretly looking at RedTube, not RedTube, um, who scored? <laughs> What's RedTube? I've no idea. Cool. Okay. Well, as long as we're both on the same page with that one. Um, <laughs> you know full well now there are at least 10% of our listeners go Googling RedTube. Listeners, <laughs> don't. Well, you know what the best thing is? Poor like, mate. Well, no... <laughs> I was going to say the best thing is that YouTube call their um, their subscription service YouTube Red. So it's like, wow, that's that's a dangerous game you play in there, YouTube. Should we, uh, should we stop talking about uh, pornographic websites? Yeah, why not? Um, let's talk about Peterborough because it was um, it was a game that I think we both uh, we both pretty much said, oh, we, we we would be delighted if we took anything from that game, um, and it, it turned out to be pretty accurate. I mean, it was it was one of those that. We sounded well. You know, we held our own for the good best part of the first half. Had a, a decent shot or a decent attempt that was really well saved by Christy Pym, um, who I think you picked up in the uh, in the, the review after or the you know the sort of the the write up that he was 
more than, well, probably the best keeper that we saw at League Two level last season. Um, and I would probably agree with you on that one. I thought he was outstanding when we played him last year. Um, and he, you know, he had a, made a couple of fantastic saves this weekend. Obviously, one was uh, one was from Tyler, and one was from John towards the end. Um, but let's be fair; they were two in like really good goals. Um, I, I don't think anybody could have really stopped the first one, uh, and the second one. While it's well, a lot of people are saying there's more than a suspicion of offside about it. I think it was uh, it was a cool finish, uh, just sort of dinked over. Josh's head, and he, he had to come out for it. Otherwise, he would have been, you know, made very uh, very small in the goal. But yeah, cracking um, cracking couple of goals for them, um, and I've not really got any complaints about the result. What about yourself? I've got complaints about it. We lost, um, but other than that, I, I, yeah, Peterborough <laughs> are clearly uh, a side packed full of quality footballers. I'm not going to say they're a quality side because um, when things weren't going their way in the first half, I thought they looked a little bit disjointed. Um, I, you could say that we were the better team in the first half. Possibly the better team normally scores goals. Uh, I know Pim made a great save. Just a point on that as well. He was certainly the best keeper we faced in 2017-18, but he wasn't that special when we pumped Exeter 3-0 at their place. Um, but he is a, a, an incredibly good goalkeeper. Mm. Um, the goalkeepers are paid to make saves, and it was you know it was a tight angle. He didn't actually have to do an awful lot for Tyler's save other than be there and make himself big. Certainly his save from John was very good. Um, but yeah, we... Uh, the game hinged on the key moment, didn't it? Which um, I, I kind of thought, well, what I wasn't going to mention, and I am. Um, Tony took out Michael mm. O'Connor. Um, you can complain. We yeah. can complain all we want. We can say it's a red card. Um, but quite rightly, somebody pointed out to me, well, then what about Reed in the Checker Trade final against uh, this weekend's opponent, Shrewsbury? You know, smashed Dean Henderson in the face with a forearm. Is mm. that a red card as well? To the, you know, Neither of them were because the referee didn't mm. give them. So it's by the by. Um, I think it was a premeditated attempt to take out a player uh, that had had a dig at Madison before. And I don't think it was targeting the player that was influencing the game as much. I think it was more, he's had a pop at one of ours, we'll have a pop at one of his. Um, but it was nasty, really nasty. It did look like a forearm smash in yeah. the lower, <clears throat> lower neck region, which for me is... Um, is a bit naughty. Nobody around the club will say anything, though. I've noticed Michael Appleton refused to really condemn it uh, in his press, uh, in his article in the Echo today. And I spoke to Harry Toffolo in the week for the programme um, this weekend. And he, he didn't really make reference to it. It just said it, you know, it didn't look nice, but we move on. Um, and then after that, I, you know, they were the better side. There's no point in arguing about it. They've got better players in key areas, and that's no mm. disrespect to some of our players, but they have. Marcus Madison is a good footballer. He didn't show it on Saturday. Ivan Tony is a quality centre forward. He did show it. Mo, Mo Issa was was utter garbage, and they bring on Sariki Dembele, who would get in our first team. And Dembele was then the next catalyst to change mm. the game. Um, Tom Pett took a bit of stick. I blamed him straight off, but yeah, he gave the ball away to Dembele, but he gave the ball away to Dembele. Mm. You know, just outside the final third, I thought perhaps then Pet got drawn into trying to win the ball back. You know, that kind of heart and fight. I'm going to go back for it. Whereas I think, had it been O'Connor, one, he might not give him the ball away, but two, from that position, I think he goes to the edge of the area and probably closes down the loose ball quicker. Um, but that's you know, 
I'm not criticising mm. Pet as such. I'm just saying I think that's what you get when you swap an attack-minded midfielder for a defence-minded one or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing with um, with Pet's challenge, uh, sorry, Pet's uh, pass. He's he's come out on social media and said, "All right, I hold my hands up to that." You know, it was it was my fault for the goal, and I, I don't think it was. I think you know, it, yes, it was a sloppy pass, but there was still a lot more work to do on uh, Peterborough's side after that pass was played. Um, the the initial ball in didn't really lead to anything, but then at the edge of the you know ball comes to the edge of the box and. Just he just lashes it in from from twenty odd yards, and it's. Um, I think the the thing you mentioned there about the um, the players not bringing up the O'Connor situation and Michael Appleton not bringing it up this week as well. I think that might be a slight sort of shift in mentality, and I know, um, you know, I know previous uh, previously it was a case of well, we're not victims, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna dwell on things, we're not gonna talk about things, but there was quite often a mention um in you know in pre-match press conferences of of something that's happened this week you know like the, it may well have been or michael o'connor's not with us this week because of a you know the, the forearm smashed to his neck that he took or whatever and it, it might have just been a couple of words but i think it's it almost sounds like um uh, that michael appleton's saying to him uh, saying to everybody right let's let's just put saturday you know we'll we'll have each game in isolation more or less um, so I don't know whether that's that's a sort of change in mentality or, or whatever, but it's um, it's interesting that, like you say, nothing's come out of the club, and I don't know if anybody's going to be pushing for anything because it was a horrendous challenge. Like there was absolutely no attempt to go for the, the ball because that was halfway up the pitch. Um, he, he sort of got out of the way of Bruno and then just ran straight through the back of Michael O'Connor, which it, off the ball incident, it's it's a red card every day. But like you say. It's only a red card if the referee gives it, and whether they decide to take retrospective action or not, I don't know. Um, no, they won't, because no. it looked like an innocent collision, and we're not going to make anything of it. It's, I tell you something. When people come to our place, I bet you Tony gets a good shot or two, and I, I don't condone <laughs> that. I don't condone it at all. I don't think it. Yeah, I'm not a, a, a Roy Keane sympathizer or anything like that, um, but I can just imagine it being the case that you know, there's no. There, I, I was hoping that we would go to Peterborough and we would have a decent game and there would be mutual respect. And maybe, you know, I'm, I'm living in the, the hippie era or something like that because there isn't a lot of that around football. But I, th- I like to think that there are sections of support that are mutually respectful of each other. So, for instance, when we played Sunderland, there were certain Sunderland fans who weren't belittling us and you can have that kind of connection. And I felt mm. that that was, uh, wasn't really evident at Peterborough in the main um I, I, I thought the response coming out from the Peterborough fans was pretty frustrating. Um, that you know they were streets ahead of us. Yeah, they were. They got better players. They spent more money. Uh, but the way that they were reacting was was very bitter on the back of a two 0 win. And I saw one guy who basically yeah. said, "We've got to mention O'Connor's uh, the the O'Connor incident," and he said, "Well, um, that's what you get for trying to take out Madison Karma and put a thumbs up." And I think I saw another Twitter user calling calling him a patronising little prick, um, which I quite liked. <laughs> quite like that. Actually, it's a good put down. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. yeah I'm, I'm taking that. I'm having that one. Yeah. Bar one or two, I think in the main Peterborough, the Peterborough supporters that that I encountered on on social media were were bellends. 
yeah, I, I didn't really encounter that many um, myself, but it was uh, I, I tried not to engage in it too much on Saturday because I think by the time the game finished, I was very, very, uh, yeah, actually, I was, I was quite, I was well past half cut, shall we say? Um, but yeah, let's um, let's move on. Um, I've seen the photos. You have seen the photos, yeah, and I'm be- I'm guessing that some of those photos might find their way onto the thumbnail for the podcast. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll move on from uh, from Peterborough. Uh, we've obviously got a game this Friday night um, at Central Bank. I, I say it every time, but we do love it under the lights, don't we? Do you say it every time? I mean, every time there's a night game, I always just think, oh, it's a bit special. Like, particularly around this time of year where it's just starting to get a little bit cold, so you know that you're probably going to have the smell of Bovril around you at the game. And it's just, yeah, something something special about it. Do they still serve Bovril? I think so. Well, I don't know. Apparently so, because you can smell it. Otherwise, I would go to the dog. Well, it's either that or I've shit myself. I was going to say, it can be the first sign of serious illness, actually, Ben, um, smelling things that aren't there. <laughs> I'll double-check that. No, do you know, all joking aside, I, I, I do quite like a night match. Mm. There is something a bit special about it, and uh, certainly when, when Sinsel Bank is full and, and you think of some of the night matches that we've had in recent years, um, even league matches, Berry, when we beat them 2-1, there was a really good atmosphere at the beginning of last year. Obviously, there was the Everton game. Um, and, and most cup games that we've played under the lights, the likes of Oldham. Uh, and to be fair, I think also because mm-hmm. it tends to get dark through December and January in an evening as well. Um, I, I, I like it. I like leaving a dark ground. Um, there's there's something quite, um, not spiritual, I wouldn't say, but walking out of the light and into the dark when leaving a football ground, there's, there's, there's maybe a metaphor would that be the right word of going from it's a theory it feels a bit ethereal yeah it's that kind of that some people football is is kind of the crux of their life it's the light of their life and you know it's the one positive thing that will keep them going through the week and and when you're in the ground and it's light and everything else is dark outside it's just you kind of in the ground enjoying things and and it's it's nice or then again you go back to 2011 when these bastards pumped us 5-1 there wasn't anything ethereal about that it was miserable as hell yeah i mean i'm i'm looking forward to it so, i think uh, it the um the, the league position at the moment for shrewsbury i think it um it belies some of their some of their more recent results um i think that what was the most recent score sorry there will be some clicking here um where are we? Let's uh, here we go. <laughs> beat, they beat Tranmere one 0 Yes, yeah. They beat, beat Tranmere one 0 Yeah, and then prior to that, I think they've uh, they, they lost three 0 uh, home to Fleetwood. But the interesting one for me was the the South End game where they've um, they they scored four, but they also conceded three. Now South End, when they came to us, were crap. Um, they didn't look like they were going to score at all. So does this sort of does this point at like some dif- uh, defensive issues with Shrewsbury or? Well, they play three at the back, right? Okay. Um, so they play a they play a three five two formation, which um, which if you if you can get it and expose it in the right way, I think that there's the scope there. Um, depending on who's kind of who's playing in the uh, in the wider roles, whether your wide midfielders are going to get back, and of course how your opponent sets up, because. 
Um, it can close the wings down quite a bit because the two, if the two midfielders kind of pull back and drop back, you're playing a bank of five. Mm. Um, but if it's an attacking three-five-two formation, then it's a little bit different. Um, and if you're trying to go for the goals and, 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 and kind of um, push forward, you can leave quite a lot of space at the back, uh, mm. especially then to be hit on the break by a team, I think, like Southend, who you know they didn't have bad players up front. They just didn't know how to kind of attack. I know that sounds sounds a little bit silly. So. Mm. Um, but it's going to be interesting because it, in terms of playing against a team with three five, uh, who, who set up 3-5-2 from the off, um, it's only really happened to us twice. In the, well, It's only happened to us once this season. Mm. Uh, and then there was one towards the end of last season. So when we played Newport away uh, and got beat 1-0, they played 3-5-2. Um, and when we lost 1-0 to Bristol Rovers, they played 3-5-2. Now, um, I, and it's not name dropping, but in one of the conversations I had with uh, our previous manager um, <laughs> when he was in charge, he used to tell me that he hated playing against 3-5-2 uh, because it limited our method. We had a method. and Let's be honest, we had one method last year. Mm. That and if that method didn't work, we were we were screwed. It it worked nine times out of ten because it, if we stay compact, look to kind of attack, get to Big John, then get up and around him, transition quickly, and press. That can work when you're under pressure, or it can work when you're on the front foot. It's not pretty when you're on the front foot, front foot, as we saw when we uh, drew games with Cambridge and Northampton and the likes at home. Uh, but it also it, it did work in beating the likes of Yeovil, yeah, but it wasn't pretty. So we had that one game plan. Now, when we played teams 3-5-2, that game plan, as I've said, wasn't something that was particularly successful. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how Michael Appleton counters that because I think there's every chance that, that he's going to want to do something a little bit different, uh, do something uh, maybe... It's the game for for the ten to shine this time around. Um, the last time we beat a team playing three five two was Crawley last year when we beat them three 0 They were at their place. They were woeful. But on that day, um, Shane McCartan uh, scored our six thousand five hundredth goal. But we had an awful lot of joy in that midfield pocket, and the ball was able to travel across the eighteen yard area. And once we got Crawley penned in, because they had five behind the ball, they couldn't get out. And when they tried to get out, we could then get in. I know, again, it sounds nonsensical. Um, so they didn't operate it correctly. Mm. So if we can expose the three five two, if we can get around the back of, of Shrewsbury, I, th- I think there's every chance that it could be a a game for Jack Payne to shine. Well, yeah, and that's the, that's a decent shout. I mean, obviously, the, um, the, the creative midfield play of Jack Payne there um, is uh, is quite something to behold um, when he's you know as a midfielder when he can do all of that. Um, I think he does. Yeah, got it first time. I just choose to ignore it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yes, uh, I think it's. Um, um, I think it could be. Uh, I don't want to say an easy game because we don't have any easy games. But you, you know, you don't want to. No, 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 no. That's no. what I mean. Like you, you don't want to have that that almost sort of kind of arrogance about it where you know it's it's a game that in my opinion it's a game that we should be winning but then you look at it and Shrewsbury are you know one place below us and they're on the same amount of points as us um so it's game in hand I think as well aren't they uh yeah because they um they were supposed to play Bury last weekend and they've actually got two games in hand looking Mm. at the table um we've we've played 13 they've, they've played 11 so yeah I mean in a couple of weeks it could well be that they're you know they're above us um 
it's so hard to look at the table at the minute because you you've got to take everything into account of right who's played, you know who's who would have played Berry, who would have played um, in you know in Doncaster's case, who would have played Bolton. And they've they've cancelled that game. It's just it's a load, it's crazy. It's a load of monkey balls, Ben. That's what it is. <laughs> but I tell you something. Just it's going a load on of super monkey balls. That was, yeah, that was an alright game. <laughs> just going on to um, some of Shrewsbury's players though. Um, I quite like some of the recruitment that Sam Ricketts did. I think had we played Shrewsbury last year, we were playing, we would have played a team in transition because under Paul Hurst, they'd done really well. Um, not so well at Wembley, by the way. Um, but they'd done, you know, they'd, <laughs> they'd got through to the playoffs. They were a top team in this division. And then he left, John Askey came in and went through them like a cheap curry and was gone by, I think, the end of October or something like that. Um, Ricketts came in, not particularly popular, I'll be honest. Um, I was you know, following him quite closely and, there was one or two who were saying towards the end of last year he wasn't going to take them forward. Uh, but they've got some quality players. They signed Aaron Pierre in the summer. Um, we'll recognise Pierre. He played at the back for Northampton last year and really, really good centre-half. Um, there's a star man for them. It's Tranmere at the weekend. Got their goal as well. Big threat in the box. So he's going to be one to watch at both ends. Um, again, talking about cheap curries. Um in the midfield, uh, they've got Ollie Norburn, another player that I really like. Uh, he's been around the lower leagues for a while now, but he's he's creative. He can get a goal. Um, he normally sits just on the left-hand side of the five-man midfield, not the extreme left, but kind of on, I suppose, what might be, a, whether they'd call it an inside left, I don't know, but just tucked in between the winger and, and the central midfielder. Um, up top, uh, I saw the echo today talking about how losing um, Callum Lang was a big blow for Shrewsbury. Depends how big a blow you, you feel losing a player that's only played five times this season is. Um, if you think it's a big blow, then fair enough. If you think, well, they've got Jason Cummings on the bench who scored a shed load for Hibernian and um, played play for Forest and Luton as well. Um, it's not a massive, massive blow. I think Jason Cummings, if they can get the best out of him, Shrewsbury could be one of the best strikers in this division. Um, but he's got, I don't know, are you aware of Jason Cummings, Ben? Do you know who he is? Uh, not really, no. Honest question. Have you ever heard? No. Because I, I, I was going to say, not, a couple of people won't have, and I wonder, if you did, I didn't want to be teaching people to suck eggs. But Jason Cummings, um, I mean, as I say, smashed loads of goals at Hibernian. Um, really kind of a big name. Moved to Nottingham Forest when Mark Warburton went from Rangers to Forest. When Warburton left Forest, Cummings dropped out of favour under Karanka. Um, was banged out on loan to Rangers. They decided not to buy him. He joined Peterborough on loan at the beginning of last season. Scored five goals in five games, but then quite infamously broke up with his girlfriend and smashed up his flat on a YouTube video. Um, it got shared around and the Daily Mirror published it. So that's the sort of dross that they publish. Um, he then turned us down in January. I don't know if that's entirely common knowledge or not, but we were one of the teams, I think, that were looking at him, um, as were Mansfield. But he decided to go to Luton. Uh, and obviously, he's a striker. He's on to loot. And they've got Danny, Hil- Danny Hilton, James Collins and, and Elliot Lee. You know, you're not going to get a game. Mm-hmm. So he's in last chance saloon. He's got this bizarre tattoo on the back of his hand that's a mouth. And when he scores, he puts his hand over his mouth and it looks like he's got an open mouth. Google him. You'll see what I mean. Um, I, I, uh, and you're doing it now, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm all for people getting tattoos, you know, and... I mean, get what you like, but if that's just solely been done to get a, you know, to, to come up with a goal celebration, I think that's taken it a little bit far. I don't know if it has. I don't know if that's why he's done it. I mean, it's ridiculous, but, you know. Oh. It, it's interesting. And Have you seen it? You've got it now, have you? 
Yeah, what a yeah. prick. He he is widely regarded um, as a prick, but he's one that I think will score a lot of goals. I think he's one of those that needs a little bit of um, TLC. He needs the right manager. Um, and if that's Sam Ricketts, when the, when, when the kid gets in the team and, and gets fit, he'll score a lot of goals. If it's not Sam Ricketts, he'll leave in January and be really looking at the arse end of his career already. Fair dues. Right, well... Are we gonna are we gonna be bold and make a score prediction or I didn't think we did that. Well we've we've done it then. a couple of times. Go on then. I reckon we'll we'll nick it two one. I, I think it'll be a tight game, but we'll uh, we'll get a late second half goal and we'll be happy. What about yourself? We need to win it. Um but I'm gonna go one all. Okay. Fair enough. Well that's that's the Shrewsbury game. You you put the uh, the the request out for some questions today. Have you gone um, through them? Because I haven't. I've very briefly started to. Cornell um, can have one. A, I was going to say, Cornell did, did can have one through quite a few. Um, one of which was a question that I think the obvious answer is yes. But uh, Is it, do you want a new co-host, Gary? Was that the question? Because the answer isn't obviously yes, Ben. You shouldn't do yourself such a major disservice. I'm, I'm going to pretend with? that that question that just didn't get asked because it's, it's... <laughs> anyway right on an on an unre- on an unrelated issue does anyone else know how to use zencaster and skype together out there <laughs> if you do slide into my dms <laughs> i Sorry, do man. i just didn't plug my mic in before i turned my pc on today <laughs> oh dear anyway right um so, uh, first question is from Will. Will says, why was there no mention of the Liverpool shirt being held up at the Everton game? Now, this is obviously a um, a, a sort of reaction to what's happened with Sid this week. Um, I'm sure people are very much aware uh, that uh, Sid, or Simon as he's known to his, uh, to his parents, I guess, um, got given a stadium ban and a ban from purchasing away tickets as well. Uh, because he wore a Newcastle shirt to the Sunderland game, and then that got um, that got given to somebody else, and then uh, taken up and, and waved in front of the Sunderland fans, which was like setting a red rag to about two thousand angry bulls. Um, and as much as I'd like to say that's a you know that's a, a euphemism or a comparison, it's really not. They were just they, they, it was a bit awkward. Um, but yeah, um, why was there no mention of the Liverpool, uh, Liverpool shirt at the Everton game? I think it's because the Everton fans didn't really give a toss. Um, I mentioned it. Yes, you did. I said the guy who did it was a, was foolish. Yes. I, I still think that he is foolish. I think it was a silly thing to do. I think this, the, I, I've seen it labelled as banter, and I'm not going to go there. We know what banter is. Banter is just a word for people that are pricks looking to justify the fact that they're pricks. Um <laughs> It is. Go, oh, you can't handle the banter. It's not. Banter's, you know, in my day it was bullying and now it's just a license to be an arsehole. Um, I, uh, I'm not calling Sid an arsehole, by the way. Um, not at all. I think Sid is a great guy. He's easily manipulated by some people. I don't think it was a wise choice bringing no. the Newcastle shirt in. Um, I'm not going to comment on anything that has happened around that because I don't, I think there's more to it. And I think that seems to be a, over the last 24 hours, a universally accepted stance that the Echo story yesterday um, contained one 
side of the argument. Uh, and there's, there's clearly more. I do. Do you know what I thought that the guy, the worst crime was was the fact that the guy with the Liverpool shirt looked to be wearing his pajama bottoms to the game. That's what really wound me up. <laughs> yeah, it's no, silly. it was. Um, it, it was. It, it was a silly thing to do. But you know, let's let's see what happens from uh, from here on out. Um, yeah, very interesting situation that is. Uh, I hope it can get resolved amicably because, like you say, I think. Um, I think Sid's a, a decent lad. He gets, you know, he, he kind of gets people, he, he gets taken advantage of a little bit, but there isn't anything that he wouldn't do for, for the club. And of course he's, you know, he's obviously raised a lot of money for charity as well. Um, and, you know, that's that's to be highly commended uh, at any point. So um, next up, uh, where are we? Where are we? We've got a few questions about the transfer window. Where do we think he's going to strengthen? Um do we think, um, you know, who who do we think is going to uh, possibly leave? Um, uh, where are we? Yeah, what kind of uh, what kind of window do you think he's going to have? Any loans you want sent back? Um, do we think Walker's going to stay? Do we think um, where was the other one that I saw? Uh, do we think Morel and Walker are potentially too expensive to uh, to bring in permanently? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh there. It's a valid it's a valid question, but both of those players would probably set you back um between half a million and a million pounds. And we haven't got yeah. that sort of money to spend on the transfer fee yet. Um there would be no possibility in my mind whatsoever of a signing Tyler Walker on a permanent deal. Not gonna happen, pure and simple. Joe yep. Morrell, I suppose it depends what Bristol City's stance is on it, but again, you know. Yeah, they'll be too expensive. That's that's why you go in the loan market. People criticise it, saying we should have our own players. You go in the loan market to bring players to your football club who you can't afford to go out and buy. Mm. And if you're not doing that, you're playing the loan market wrong. If you're bringing in players that you can't afford, you, you, you've buggered it. You're basically David Holdsworth. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, so yeah, I mean, what what do you think? Where do you think we need to strengthen? Who do you think is going to target? If if there's any uh, players specifically that you'd like to see come to the club, or uh, do we do we worry that we're going to lose anybody? Is the main thing. Uh, I think we'll strengthen up front. Got to bring another striker in, no doubt whatsoever. Um, probably somebody else that can play centre half, given the current injury situation, and I think another defensive midfielder as well in the Michael O'Connor vein. Um, I think Callum, O'Con- Callum O'Connolly, Callum Connolly will go back to Everton because they'll want him playing football at the very very least at the top of League One, um, and he isn't going to by the looks of things. I think that, uh, the way Michael Appleton has set his store out already is he wants to test the players that he's got that are signed on for Lincoln. Um, yeah. Don't know about Joe Morrell. Depends very much on Bristol City. Possibly that he could go back because he's doing so well. Um, really good footballer. If he went, I'm not sure we'd look to bring in another attacking midfielder, depending on the situation with Tom Pett. I don't know. Um, fullback, can't see anything happening there. Signing Aaron Lewis on a long-term deal or a longer deal, I would think, is is probably the full extent of it. Um, almost certainly, uh, I'd be worried about the players that are out of contract in January. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you've got to look at uh, Bruno because he's absolutely fantastic at the moment, out of contract at the end of the year. The club's going to come in and bid 200000 from now. You've got to take it, haven't you? Um, yeah. 
you know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's if any clubs give us a financial decision to make because yeah. we, we are a selling club. That's no yeah. doubt part of our philosophy right now is to bring players in who we can develop and sell on for a fee. I think that's the case with Jack Payne and George Grant. We've brought them in because they're top players. But I think that the club acknowledge that if they have good good, good outings for us and someone comes in with £400,000, we're going to sell them. Then we're going to go and try and do the whole thing again, which is why we're working really hard with, with recruitment. Um, in order, at names, I couldn't give you anybody. I think Michael Appleton will actually sign. Uh, there's a couple on loan that I really like the look of from uh, West Brom, a striker called Suley, who, uh, Sewell, S-O-U-L-E, you know what I'm like with my pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see him come in on loan, but whether that's possible or not, I don't know. Okay. Um, got a couple of questions, actually. There is one from, from Chris. You can um, answer, who... by the way, Ben, too. You, 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 can, Sorry. you can give an answer if you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm. I'll roll in Chris's question as well because you, you've touched on it there. Okay. Where he says, uh, um, "How worried should we be about players that are out of contracts at the end of the season? And who do you think will sign extensions?" Um, if I'm honest, I, 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 I'm worried about Bruno. I, I, I can't see him. I can't see him signing an extension. Um, if it gets to, I mean, if it gets to what sort of February, March time and he's still with the club. I, I can't see him signing a big extension unless he's he's really getting regular first team football. And I know that was difficult to I think it was difficult for him to take when he was getting um you know he was getting benched but he's had a really good run of form recently and I hope that continues and I hope he does sort of sit down and look at it and go, right, I'll sign an extension because otherwise, like you say, he could go for for what I would consider to be pennies in uh, in January considering what he would be worth you know with a with a decent amount of uh, a decent contract behind him um as for who I'd like to see come in I don't really know in terms of names but in like I say we definitely need uh, we definitely need somebody to to go up top um and and that cover for center back um I don't really think we need any more midfielders which is uh, no, I think we've. I think we've got enough in midfield. I think we've. When everybody's fully fit, I think it'll be. You know, we've still got a decent squad, um, and uh, you know, I personally, I think this is one of the best squads that I've seen us have for a very, very long time, if not ever in my lifetime. Um, Who plays if O'Connor's injured? Well, if O'Connor's injured, you bring Bozzy in, and you push Bozzy up to to midfield. In my opinion, no, he's not mobile enough. Freck centre half. Are we assuming that everybody not, not defence not defensive enough? Freck would play in the Joe Morrell role. Mm. Yeah, okay, I can see your point on that one. Possibly Ellis. Well, Ellis had a really good game, but if Ellis plays, what you've got to, I think you've got to realise or got to consider with the midfield dynamic is if you play two young players in there like Morrell and Connolly, you get Oxford. Okay, that was really exaggerated, but you just lack a little bit of something. Yeah. Um, Bozzy, yeah, possibly you could push Bozzy in there. But if you if Bozzy drops back in at centre back, let's say, you know, then you're starting to take out of one area to put back into another again. So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I just think another defensive midfielder, yeah, uh, is important, especially you know if Connolly goes back. If Connolly doesn't go back, you could arguably play Connolly, and then okay, maybe maybe you go Connolly and Morel again, hoping that with a little bit of time under their belt together they're not as, as bad as they were that game um but everyone was terrible that game so. yeah no, that's fair um 
yeah, I, as I say, I've I've not got the the in depth knowledge around uh, around League One as a whole to to suggest who I would like to see come in, but uh, I think possibly the days of of the the wonder signing like Jack Payne, I think they're they're not quite where they're not quite there at the minute. I'd love to see us do it again with a, a player that nobody expects us to bring in, but. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. Obviously, it's going to be uh, Michael Appleton's first transfer window with us, so we'll um, yeah we'll await it with bated breath, shall we say? Uh, right, let's have a look here. What else have we got? Um, are we looking at getting any special guests on the pod this season, like the other season with Alan Long? There, uh, that's from Sean. Uh, yes. Yeah. Short answer is yes. Um, might have bubs on next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll have bubs on next week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, we we probably we, we've discussed today, possibly recording it with um, uh, with the camera on so that we can put it on YouTube and put subtitles down for oh, for those balls. I'll have to wear trousers. <laughs> Mind you, bub, bub, bubs is here, so I'll have to anyway. <laughs> Thinking about it, <laughs> I was going to say if you're not wearing trousers when bubs is around normally, then uh, hmm. anyway, yeah. um, let's have another look here. Um, what else have we got? Charlie's Astors, um, uh, cats or dogs? Her vote goes to cats, and I think we're going to have a, one apiece here. Charlie, are you, are you saying <laughs> my dog is asking whether I prefer <laughs> him or cats? It's a test. No, it's. A- I'll be honest. On today's behaviour, cats. Bugger. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, cats for me. Um, I'm- no dogs, dogs, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a cat person, um, but I, I do, I do see. Why people like dogs? I think I've just got a deep seat. The better. <laughs> I th- That's why I think I've just got a deep seated thing about dogs because I I got attacked by one when I was very small and it was. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not afraid of him, but yeah. Anyway, and I, I I had a cat. I had two cats called Dizzy and Rascal. Great names. Um, but one of the neighbours shot Dizzy with an air rifle, so I went off cats after that because I got a bit upset. You can't keep cats in at all times and keep an eye on them like a, like a prisoner, but with a dog, that's what you've got. I'd go with I'd go with disowning neighbours, not cats at that point. Bloody you hell. didn't meet these neighbours, mate. I lived at a place called Newtoft. Jesus Christ. I tell you, it's that wrath. The window cleaner carries a sander. <laughs> okay, now... Um, right, what else have we got here? We have got um, do 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 do. Sorry, I'm trying to scroll through about fifteen hundred from Cornell. Um, ask one of Cornell. Ask one of Cornell's. On. Where are we? Just a random one, the one you're looking at right now. Do you think bringing Matt Reed back is a great idea for his imps to give us a great boost up front or not? No, nope. I because you can't can't bring Matt Reed back until January because he was contracted with a club up until today. So no league club will be able to sign Matt Reed because he wasn't out of contract. Um, and the way that Michael Abbotton plays, there isn't any call for a Matt Reed figure. If there was, John Akindi would be playing more games. So I love Matt Reed. I was gutted when he left under the old manager. I would have said probably we could have looked at bringing him in in January on a six-month deal. Um, but no, not now, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, that's fine. And um uh, where are we? Ed uh, Ed also asks thoughts on the Reedy situation. I think it's a bit sad for him, really. Um, obviously, he went there to try and further his career a bit more, and it's it's obviously fallen apart thanks to somebody that thought they could, you know, play silly buggers with a bit of money and buy a football club. Um, it's, it's a shame. Um, yeah. And any further thoughts on that one, or should we? No. Okay. Cool. Right. <laughs> where are we here? 
Um, Paul, friend of the pod, Paul says, is there anything in our settlement agreement with Huddersfield that prevents Danny from raiding our best players in January? Toff and Don't know, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Toff and Bruno come to mind as they can easily make the step up to the championship. Um, I My understanding uh, is that there isn't necessarily anything written in paper um, or set in stone, but um, from the sounds of like the noises that came out of particularly the fans forum and a couple of other... Uh, interviews with Clive and, and Liam and the like. Um, it sounds like there's sort of a gentleman's agreement in place. Um, Not worth the paper it's written on. Well, no. Danny, Danny Cowley wants one of our players in January um, and he thinks you can get a good deal. He will because that's what he does. He did it with Braintree and it would be absolutely no um, fault of his. It wouldn't make him a snake. It wouldn't make him anything other than a man trying to do the job that he's being paid to do. Yeah. I personally don't think. Huddersfield will come in for any of our players. We know Danny's transfer policy. Um, he does like to go for players that he's worked with previously, granted. Um, I would think there's more likelihood of him trying to sign Smodic from Bristol City, who he did have on loan at Braintree and who isn't getting into the Bristol City side. Uh, whether whether Bruno Andrade would be a player that you want if you want to try and get off the bottom of the championship, I don't know. Toff, yeah, absolutely Toff could step up. Uh, and they need a left back. But at the end of the day, if he does, he does. Graham Taylor did it. Took a load of players. Those players were vilified when they went, and now they're back on the after dinner circuit. Received like heroes. Danny and anyone that he takes in January will be in exactly the same boat in ten, fifteen years' time. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, we've got two questions about the FA Cup. Um, who do we want? And uh, Andy says, if we're drawn at home in the FA Cup to reward the unbelievable support thus far, what do you think? £10 and £5 maximum entry? No. Is that Andy Person? It is, isn't it? I bet it is. Of course it is. He's trying to save the pennies. Of course it is. Of course he is, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, honestly. He's tighter than a wheel nut, that man. Um, <laughs> do you know, I, I, I liked the idea in the uh, in the National League season. Um, I... What is this about rewarding fans all the time? You know, there was the Michael Atherton doesn't come over and clap us and let's get rewarded. Let's, let's have massages every time we turn up. Let's be offered favours from. Do you know what I mean? Just the football fans. We pay to watch football. Our money goes towards helping the club. I. I can understand it, okay? I can. And Andy's a friend of the pod, by the way, and he's not that tight because he bought us a tabard sponsored by Andy's bus for, for Jake, which he'll be sporting very soon. But um, no, not for me. If we're at home, full price, normal price, or even drop a quid or two off, but tenner and fiver, lose too much money. That That's yeah. going to make your average ticket price somewhere around six or seven quid. I think average ticket price now is around £12 or something like that. Um, when you take into account all of the different offers. So let's say we draw a team at home in the non-league and we get 8,000 and and instead of taking 12 quid ahead, we're taking six quid ahead. That's an awful lot of money for the club to be losing. Um, so for me, no. I, I personally, I'd prefer to be away uh, at a non-league ground. A bit of a different yeah. day out. Uh, and also it means I... Uh, it would save me some time in the week writing program notes. There you go. Um, Which I love doing. I love it. <laughs> uh, Jack says, garlic bread or garlic ciabatta? <laughs> garlic bread. I'm not middle class. Uh, <laughs> I'm, with you, I'm with you on that one. Bit, yeah. bit, of, bit of cheese on the top as well. Job's a good one. Um, 
Where are we? Uh, Adam says, uh, how many people can we get down to Lincoln United on Saturday? It's a good shout. It's a good shout. Obviously, we're at home on uh, on Friday night. You know, if you want to see some football in Lincoln on Saturday, head down to Ashby Avenue. Yeah, yeah, do it. I won't. I'm in Louth. It's too far to drive, but I hope they do get a, a good crowd. I had some good nights at Lincoln United a couple of years back when I was covering it for City United. hope they do well. Cracking little team uh, set up. Nice people down there. So, yeah, I hope, you know. Yeah, go absolutely. down and watch Lincoln United if you live in Lincoln. Brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, Colin says, "What do you think of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre?" I'll be honest, Ben. Um, I'm dead against it. I mean, people forget that traders need access to Dixon's. <laughs> I'm supposed to be partridge in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, I'm not driving a mini metro. <laughs> I pierced my foot on a spike. Um, <laughs> I was watching, uh, I've, I've got the first, the very first series of his talk show, um, which was brilliant. It had a couple of actors playing the guests uh, every week. And it just, it's still funny now. My missus absolutely despises it. Same. I just think Alan Partridge is one of the funniest characters that's ever been created. Yeah, same. Um, have you seen Needless the, the movie? Say, I have, yeah. I Partridge. It's brilliant. Have you read, read the book as well, where nearly every chapter finishes with the words, needless to say, I had the last laugh. <laughs> I need to get hold of a copy of that. It's brilliant. Um, and where are we? Jake's actually mentioned the vest. He said, uh, how how pretty am I going to look in my uh, in my Stacey West high-vis this Friday night? Now, how did that come about? I've got no idea. I got a message from Andy on Twitter um, and he just said, oh, here you go. Have a look at this. And I was like, wow, okay, we've got a... Uh, a high-vis vest sponsored by Andy's Fun Bus. You see, I got a message from Andy saying that I'd mentioned a tabard. And I, I can't ever remember mentioning getting a tabard for Jake. Maybe I mentioned it in jest on the podcast. As I say, I don't actually listen, so I can't remember what I've said half the time. So, um, <laughs> But no, very generous. Sponsored by Andy's Fun Bus, um, which I'm actually going on in December. I'm going oh, to wow. Burton on Andy's Fun Bus for the first time ever with uh, with my sweary father. So that's going to be quite good. Excellent. Um, yeah, and treating dad for his birthday because his birthday came and went and, and I hadn't had any inspiration for a present at all. Um, so Andy's Fun Bus is the present, not the actual bus, just the trip to Burton. <laughs> um, okay, two more. We've got one more footballing, uh, football, actually three more, one more football, really, uh, footballing one and uh, one more that is or two more that are definitely not footballing ones. So, uh, Akindi on the bench a lot, seems to be out of favour or not fit Appleton's style of play. Any thoughts was a big signing? Doesn't fit Appleton's style of play. Um, wouldn't play the Tyler Walker role. Picked up on it a couple of times, haven't we? The two goals against Sunderland, you know, mm-hmm. Big John, wouldn't certainly wouldn't have been in the position, wouldn't have gambled on the first one. Um, he's more of a battering ram, big lad, hold the ball up, all that sort of thing, but we don't attack like that anymore. Um, so that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, I'd probably agree with you on that one. It, it it doesn't seem to fit. He's not got the mobility. He's not got the pace to to do what is going to be required with a with a lone striker at the minute. Um, obviously, I personally, I think I still think if he can play up front with Tyler, it'll be um, it'll be interesting. But it's not going to happen at the moment due to well due to the squad depth. Um, it's not going to happen. Well, there you go. Um, 
So uh, where was the the next one? Uh, the next one. If it's Sean Simons, I'm not answering it. Okay, right. That's the that's the sandwich filling one. I think we've had that question before, where we said favourite subway. No, it was flavour of crisps last time. I don't know what is. Uh, okay. I don't know what his fixation is with people's eating habits. I think he's thinking of opening up some form of restaurant. I mean, it's going to be a crap one if all he's serving his crisps and sandwiches. But... <laughs> Sean's pack lunches. Come and enjoy. <laughs> Uh, a sandwich with your mum's handprint in the top of it. <laughs> Riley's own brand crisps. Oh, wow. And they all taste the same. <laughs> that's just that. That's my, that was my packed lunches. That was exactly what we used to get. Sandwich with mum's handprint in the top, usually some sort of paste because it was cheaper. Um, a bag of own brand crisps, all of which tasted the same, and a penguin for afters. Yeah, it was uh, no frills crisps for me from Quick Save. Yeah, they were great, weren't they? They the, were actually quite nice, the ready-salted ones. The white bags with the white yeah. bag, black ha- uh, black stamp on it. There you go. Yeah. Bloody hell, quick save. That's a name I've not heard for a while. Anyway. Um, I heard it last year when we released a kit in homage to their carrier bags. <laughs> um, Steve asks, uh, when I get round to digging up the rest of my taters, does Ben want some more? Yes, please. They were very nice. Oh, easy. How do you, what are you doing getting kickbacks? I like Tate's too. He lives over my back. He, he lives behind me. So, yeah. Does he? But all the time. <laughs> yes. Well, when <laughs> Every I'm time you turn least. around, Steve's there. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he, he's a very, very good bloke. Um, he, uh, yeah, every so often he'll just go, oh, I've got some taters. Do you want them? And just like slowly, like, it's a bit like Mission Impossible, you know, where, where Tom Cruise comes down from the ceiling. And he can't no, touch the floor. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he kind of lowers the uh, lowers some potatoes down into our back garden. It's very kind. Where does he live above you as well? <laughs> no, he, he puts them over his back fence. Wow. Yeah, because we're in one of those areas where it's like the, the houses are quite densely packed. And then this is two... fascinating. The listeners are loving Sorry. it. Sorry. Yeah, anyway. Um, and the final question is from Jamie, who says, where in Lincoln does the best fry up? Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to put a plug out for a, a Twitter account on this one. <laughs> I'm not. Um but personally, I am a big fan of Churchill's on the high street. Um, and I know that some people will say the Bracebridge Cafe. I haven't eaten in there because I can't say it. Anyone that says Weatherspoons um, needs to take a long, long, hard look at themselves. <laughs> um, Churchill's is really good. Uh, I had one at JD's not long back. It was it was all right. Um, if you're coming in from any other area of town, if you're coming in from the Market Raisin Way on, there's one just under the bridge. Uh, railway bridge at market raisin on the right hand side but they do a uh, like a, a wedge instead of a hash brown which is an interesting take if okay. coming in from rugby absolutely go to the corn dolly but do make sure you ask for extra hash browns otherwise uh, they either just give you one or none so it's a little bit of a pitfall to be honest uh, last garden centers has just really upped its game as well i stopped going there for a long while but they're they're on point again so um yeah, a bit of a long way to go before the game, but, you know, I have to come from here to there, so you should come all the way from there to here. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've got to say, um, the, um, the if you want one on the way to the game, uh, check out uh, Charlie Jack's Shack. It's a, it's a little, um, it's a, it's, it's a little, um, you know, it's a, it's a food van. Um, oh, what? No, no, wait, 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 wait. This guy, the, the guy that does it, um, he's he's somebody that used to work at my uh, at my place of work, and he started yeah, up his business. own little business. Um, he's doing all right for himself actually, but yes, he is uh, he is excellent. Um, his name's Greg. Um, say hello uh, if you if you see him. But he's it's brilliant. Like he does a breakfast. Trying to get more freebies, Ben. <laughs> Mate, 
You've got your potatoes now. You want your free breakfast? I've given him enough business. No, um, but like he does, he does sort of food throughout the day as well. And when you when you get like a crispy chicken burger, he actually gets a a chicken breast Mm. and out of the fridge, and then like coats it there and then in front of you and fries it there. Oh, brilliant! Where about Cezanne? So it is on um, Dixon. Uh, Dixon Street. You go over the okay. new bridge, and then you've got the carpet warehouse or the carpet centre on your left. On Dixon Street. Um, well, newish. Um, oh, it's as as you're going out towards Tritton Road. Um, you, it's on yeah, the left. Yeah, you can stop now because it's not anywhere I'm going to go. It's too far out. Yeah, Lincoln Lincoln Car uh, Lincoln Carpet Centre in the car park there, and he does a <sighs> he does a breakfast wrap. There's a breakfast wrap where you can basically get everything in it. You have got sausages, bacon, hash browns, tomatoes, mushrooms. I think you can probably put some beans in there as well, all in a wrap, and it's bang. You plugged him enough, mate. Jesus, <laughs> honestly. Oh, it's stellar. It really is. Anyway, that's... it sounds it. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. I wish the corn dolly listened. I might get a freebie and all. <laughs> anyway, um, they're all the questions for the week, um, and yeah, just keep keep chucking them at us. Actually, it's uh, it's good to to throw something new into the mix, and we've not got uh, you know Jake doing his rounds at uh, home games. So, right, anything you need to plug this week? There's this food van actually on Dixon Street. I don't think it's been mentioned before. Jesus Christ! Um, no, Dean's going to have something to plug in a in a while, so um, that's no good now. Pretty pointless, to be honest. I've got stuff for sale. You can buy that on Amazon. Just search Gary Hutchinson. If it's about Lincoln, it's me. If it's not, it's not. <laughs> oh dear! So you're getting direct bloody money from your merch. I've got to. I've got to wait for kickbacks. Well, I create my merch. I don't just sit there going, throw taties over my shirt, over my fence. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that came over my fence, right, was an air rifle pellet. But I didn't know it had come over my fence till my neighbour knocked on the door and said, I've just shot a pigeon, but it's flown into your garden. Can I come and get it? And then he came in, saw this pigeon, half dead on the floor, picked it up, pulled its head off with his bare hands, so that made it full dead, and then took it home and put it in a pie. Genuine true story. Wow. Oh, I've met your neighbour. He's a nice guy as well. Yeah, he comes across as that. But if you ever came around there and you weren't invited, he would take you prisoner. Oh, I imagine so, yeah. He's uh, he's one. He's a guy that's very firm but fair. Um, but well, yeah. I'm not his lover, so I don't know Ben. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you did get to know him quite well while you were here. Yes, I'd have thought so. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I've not really got anything to plug this week. Uh, might have been a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. Can't talk about too much at the minute. So um, that's probably going to do us. All right, guys. Um, thank you for joining us. We'll see you Friday if you're there. If you're not, then listen to the guys on Radio Lincolnshire. And uh, yeah, we won't. Um, give us a review on iTunes as well. That That's um, something that I've not asked for for a few weeks. It kind of, it will help us up the rankings a little bit and tell your friends and all that stuff. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.